a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Oh yeah, baby! You know, Mitch. They love their Cooper's. Mitch Harper! Welcome to a new edition of the Cougar Tracks Podcast on kslsports.com. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper. The Cougar Tracks Podcast is streaming live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the KSL Sports YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. It's also available in podcast form on all major podcasting platforms. Had a little bit of issues the past few days, and I appreciate everyone's patience with the podcast this week, had some technical difficulties. My laptop completely blew up, literally. The, uh, my work computer, the battery blew up and was completely shot. And my whole workflows, I'm telling you, the reliance we have on technology, it's crazy. Uh, if you take away my work computer, you take away my phone, I feel stripped down. And it's just, it's nuts how much we rely on on some of these devices. When it's taken away and you're out of commission, you just feel like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I, how do I move forward? It's, it's truly insane. Uh, But back in the saddle. So that's why there's been, uh, hasn't been the podcast this week. Uh, and I've been just stressed about it because this is a massive week. It's BYU and it's Baylor. Big 12 preview coming up. Provo, 815 kick. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's probably going to be a sellout crowd. Number 21 BYU versus number 9 Baylor. I'll share my thoughts on this matchup. And as we start to, to dive in to this game between the Cougars and the Bears. Also in this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on the 12-team college football playoff. And let me tell you, I'm a fan of this new iteration of the playoff. I'll share my thoughts on that. And also the BYU basketball non-conference schedule. We'll start things off there as the Cougars release their schedule on Wednesday. Two months to the day of when the first game will take place on 
Monday, November 7th, BYU basketball will open up the season. So they announced the non-conference schedule, and it's the last season for BYU hoops in the West Coast Conference. And let me tell you, too, it's coming at a good time going to the Big 12 Conference because if you're not a blue blood in college basketball, it's becoming darn near impossible to get quality teams in the non-conference. You know, BYU football's got some cachet. It's got a name recognition. It's got that selling point that it's been a, a Heisman Trophy winning program. It's been a national championship winning program. There's some cachet with BYU football. BYU basketball is one of the winningest programs in college hoops, but they haven't had that postseason success that makes you think, oh, no matter when we play BYU, it's going to be a good game on the resume, even though it always does, but it's it's not enough cachet to say we're going to go out there and play those guys in Provo. We're going to go play them in Salt Lake City at the Viv, uh, neutral site games. It just doesn't. And, and that's evident of this. I, I still think this non-conference schedule is going to end up being pretty good, but when you see two non-Division one teams on the non-conference schedule, no cap, it's difficult to get games anymore. It, it just is. Uh, and the Big 12 Conference, issue resolved. You can play a bunch of non-D1 teams, and it don't matter because every night will be a quad one and a quad two game in the Big 12 Conference. And you can debate, you know, is the Big 12 Conference, the new Big 12, going to be the best basketball league in America? It might be the Big 10 now that they added USC and UCLA. I might give a slight edge to the Big 10, but let me tell you, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Houston's going to be an absolute juggernaut in the Big 12. They're, they're going to be massive. I mean, they're, they're a preseason top three team this year in college basketball. Houston's going to go into another orbit in the Big 12 Conference. I mean, it, it is going to be a battle. And TCU with Jamie Dixon's got it rolling. They're a preseason top 25 team this year. And then you got Iowa State, who was a Sweet 16 team a season ago and ba and had a losing record in the Big 12 last year. I'm telling you, the, the Big 12 night in, night out is going to just be incredible. And what that'll be a nice reward for Cougar fans because these schedules that you're going to have to pay money to go see, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. Uh, here's the non-conference schedule for BYU. In hoops, the 2022-2023 season. It opens up Monday, November 7th against Idaho State in the Marriott Center. It's on a Monday because, remember, the Tuesday, November 8th, that's typically the opening of the college basketball season, but that's election day, and college sports now no longer allows games to take place on election night. So the calendar moved up by one day to free up election night so student-athletes could go vote on election day. So Monday, November 7th, Cougars tip it off. November 11th at San Diego State. I love the BYU-San Diego State basketball series. It probably dies off, you know, when BYU goes into the Big 12, I would imagine, because you're going to have options with them. You're going to have Utah. You're going to have maybe Gonzaga if you want to work them in every once in a while, if they, if they want it to. We'll see. Missouri State comes to Provo last year. That was a good game on the road. Nichols State. 
And then it gets interesting with a multi-team event, an MTA, when BYU goes to the battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas on Thanksgiving weekend. They open things up against USC on Wednesday, November 23rd. Thanksgiving Day, they'll play either Tennessee or Butler. Tennessee was one of the best teams in the nation last year. They ended up bowing out early in the round of 32. Remember, they were the team that many thought was going to win the tournament, and then they lost to Michigan, who made a nice run in the dance. And then the other teams in the bracket include Kansas, Wisconsin. I mean, it's one heck of a field, the battle for Atlantis. So that's going to be three tough games for BYU. November 29th, at the Viv, Westminster. Uh, December 3rd, South Dakota, at the Viv. December 7th, UVU. December 10th, Creighton, in Las Vegas. December 15th, Western Oregon. December 17th, Utah, at the Marriott Center. December 20th, Lindenwood. And December 22nd, Weber State. You're probably not going to have many quad one games on that schedule. I think it could end up being better than what people think. But this is a schedule that probably Mark Pope acknowledges he's got a young team. This is a young basketball team that BYU has this year. And it's probably the right amount of games. Uh, BYU's going to win a lot, I think, because you're not going to leave the Marriott Center much. You're going to play two games at the Viv. You're not going to have many you know, road games, only one true road game on this schedule. You're going to have a Vegas game, which I imagine BYU fans are going to outnumber Creighton fans. Creighton's going to be a tough game. They're a preseason top 10 team. Uh, that's a really good opponent. Uh, but by all accounts, I mean, you can win a lot of these games. Will it be good enough to get to the big dance just solely based off the non-conference and put you in an at-large position? My first thought would be no, unless you do some remarkable things at the Battle for Atlantis. That's going to be the key. You know, the Battle for Atlantis will be absolutely vital. If they have a run in the Bahamas like they did in Maui two years ago, or three years ago, gosh, it's been a long time already. Three years, insane. If they have a run like they did in Maui where they finished third place, then they could be in an at-large spot. But just kind of guesswork here what these teams could be, it's probably not going to be enough to just say, hey, you're going to be in an at-large position going into WCC play. And WCC play, it's the typical you know stuff. You got uh, Gonzaga will be early in the schedule. January 12th, they come to Provo. And then you go on the road at Gonzaga February 11th, on the road at St. Mary's February 18th, and you close out the schedule with Senior Day on February 25th against San Francisco. But... Big 12 life can't come soon enough for BYU, uh, for BYU basketball. It's, it's going to be challenging. Like You're going to lose a lot of games in, in Big 12 play, but uh, just night in, night out, the investment, the interest, it's going to be top shelf. And I think the, the pull here for Cougar fans to buy season tickets for this schedule in this year is simply having a place marker for the Big 12 era because those Big 12 home games – are going to be lights out, incredible atmospheres at the Marriott Center. And I'll tell you, I'm excited to be able to cover those here at KSL Sports. But you can go see the full schedule up on kslsports.com. Speaking of the Big 12, we get a Big 12 preview coming up this Saturday. BYU and Baylor. Saturday night at 8.15 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's number 9 Baylor versus number 21 BYU. 
And pregame starts at 6 o'clock on KSL News Radio. Myself and Matt Biamonte, we will get you ready for the Cougars and the Bears. This is a great football game. I think it's one of the five best games of the independent era for BYU. I believe that. I think that this is uh, a massive football game for BYU. I, I think it's huge. Is it bigger than Notre Dame? Right now, I would say yes, but I mean, Notre Dame could have massive implications if BYU wins this one against Baylor. And, and Notre Dame's just simply one of those programs that whenever you play Notre Dame, it's a huge, huge deal. But Baylor is, it, it's, what's great about this game is that it's a Big 12 sneak peek, and it's a nice barometer, too, for maybe some data that. The future TV partners, because you know, the Big 12 is now in these media rights negotiations. This could be some tangible data of the potential that this league has in a marquee game, two top 25 teams on late night on ESPN. What type of viewership does it pull? This is one of those games where I think Cougar fans, you stay up, you watch it because you want the data. You look at some of the ratings that college football produced in week one. $10 million for Ohio State, Notre Dame. $6 million for Georgia and Oregon. Huge TV audiences were watching college football. Cougar fans got to bring it out. And same with Baylor. Like, show out and show that even if it's a late night game, you're going to tune in. Because one of the knocks on the Big 12 is that you're in low populated areas. The fan bases are small. That makes you inferior to the Pac-12. You got to show out for this one and, and tune in and watch it. So this is a huge game, and if you can't tune in for this one, it could be a case of well, TV partners maybe say, "Well, when are they going to tune in for any game?" I mean, th- this is a great game where both Baylor and BYU are playing some great football, and they got a lot in front of them. So that is one of the interesting storylines in this game uh, from a personnel standpoint. BYU's got some questions with Gunnar Romney, Puka Nakua, and Gabe Summers. But Gabe Summers, he practiced on Tuesday and is expected to be available, according to defensive coordinator Elisa Tuyaki. Gabe Summers injured his knee, tweaked his knee, in that win over South Florida last week. But he's expected to be available coming up on Saturday night against the Bears. Gunnar Romney uh, did not see him at practice, leaving the field as we entered the practice field's on Tuesday night, we don't get to watch practice during the season, but we get to walk onto the field and see uh, players as they walk out. So no insight if, if Gunner uh, practiced or not, but I did not see him walking off the field on Tuesday. So something to keep in mind there as BYU gets closer to kickoff for their game Saturday night against the Bears. And I think, too, that there's a lot of respect between these two programs. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities. Kalani Sataki talked about how, you know, this is a rivalry. He was asked, will this be a friendly rivalry? And Kalani's like, yeah, it's it's going to be friendly. I Why would it not? I, I think the question was kind of like misunderstood a little bit. But I think the fan bases, there's there's a mutual respect right now. I think, you know, there there will be some game, though, that causes this to get ugly. You know, there will be some close call uh, that ends in a controversial way, and then that's where 
the honeymoon phase with all these fans just being lovey-dovey and so cordial with one another. That's when it ends. And then that's where maybe you see some rivalry take place. That's got to happen. And maybe it starts here because this could be a close football game. I mean, BYU's the favorite by about three points, but maybe some close, crazy, wild theatrics happen and it causes some rivalry angst a little bit on the Baylor side. And I think what's great about this game too is that Baylor doesn't truly have a clear-cut rival. They just don't. BYU does, and that's Utah, and it's always going to be Utah. But, you know, for Baylor, maybe BYU could be that team. You know, I think Texas is probably the, the one that's the rival for them, but Texas is everyone's rival in the Big 12. It's just how it is. I think BYU and Baylor could form some great matchups going forward in future years. We don't know yet if it's going to be a permanent game on the schedule each and every year, but if this one turns out to be an epic game, I got to think the schedule makers in Irving got to think, we got to get this game back on the schedule every single year. So lots on the line with BYU and Baylor, not only for this year, but for future years, the conference, and maybe the early phases of shaping a potential rivalry between the two programs. We'll have more coverage throughout the week here on Cougar Tracks and on KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the Cougars. I wanted to share my thoughts on the college football playoff. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing. A 12-team college football playoff is here. 30 p.m. on a holiday weekend, and you announce one of the biggest moments in the history of college football. A 12-team playoff. You announce it on a holiday weekend on a Friday news dump. Bonkers. Downright insane. Why didn't you announce this in June when everyone in the sports world was dying for content? It would have got so many headlines. It just kind of fell by the wayside because it's a holiday weekend. Still, though, the magnitude in which this holds on the sport is a game changer. Let me tell you this. BYU now, they will be in a league that allows them to win and you're in. For the first time ever, BYU has a direct path to playing for a national championship. That's what that news delivered to BYU. A 12-team playoff delivered almost as close to guaranteed access to having a path to the national championship for the first time in BYU history. That is just incredible. It's, it's, it's remarkable when you think about it. And what this does now 
A 12-team playoff for college football changes everything. And these people in college football media circles, those small pockets of college football media and some college football fans saying, stay at four. No. Absolutely terrible. The four-team playoff has been the worst thing in the history of college football. I was hopeful. I was optimistic, just like all of you. I was hopeful for a four-team playoff. But it's become a four-team invitational. It's not a true playoff. A 12-team playoff that rewards conference championships. A a college football playoff that rewards strength of schedule. A 12-team playoff is going to be so massive for this sport. You know, college football has been on shaky ground, not because of the NIL, not because of conference realignment, because of the playoff. The the playoff the four team playoff has caused all these headaches, I believe, in college football. Because now, if you're BYU, you've got a path. If you win the Big Twelve, you're almost darn near guaranteed to be in that twelve team playoff, and you're probably going to host a home game in the first round. That's incredible. I mean, BYU, if they get the chance one day to host a game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's the biggest event in BYU's history. That's the biggest event in maybe the state of Utah's history. It's incredible. I mean, I just think that the 12-team playoff is a game changer, and it brings so much more interest into college football. Look, as a college football fan, I can respect the idea of I want the best of the best to win the college football title. I look. There's an argument to be made for that. The four-team playoff doesn't do that, though. If you truly just wanted that, the BCS was the way to go. Because then the BCS focuses on the two best teams. It pretty much always got it right. And away you go. And then you have a respect for the bowl games. But now, with the with the uh, the cracks in the bowl system, players don't want to play in those games. They don't care about them anymore. So you need to have a playoff. And that's going to keep high-profile players engaged in college football throughout the year. I think the next challenge for college football is that in order to make the playoff truly an incredible buildup, an incredible experience, you've got to move the early signing period back to its traditional date in February. Or you move the early signing period to August. You cannot have the early signing period in the middle of buildup to a college football playoff. You got to get rid of that early signing date in December. That's got to go. But college football right now in the four-team iteration, it's been terrible for the sport because once you lose one game, you're like in a doomsday scenario where you have to win out and then hope and pray that maybe you got a shot because no two-loss team is going to get in the playoff. And then it it, it doesn't reward teams that actually take a chance and go out on the road and play some tough non-conference games. You're not rewarded for that because if you lose, you lose, you're done. See, I feel like the quality of the non-conference games is going to improve. Because now if you're, say, an SEC team or a Big Ten team, say you go on the road to play BYU or you go on the road to play Baylor, you're not going to be dinged and completely out of it by taking a shot, going on the road to a tough Big 12 team, It's just one loss. You could still get in as a two or three loss team. And I'm okay with that because I want to see quality matchups throughout the season. 
There's been teams in college football that are nine and three that by season's end are really good and could go toe to toe with a lot of teams in college football, but they don't get the chance. And I think too the narrative of oh the there's so many blowouts in the college football playoff. Well, I would also my counter to that would be you're going to give those teams five to twelve a game under their belt to advance into the top four, those matchups with the top four teams. They're going to have a game under their belt, and maybe that helps the quality of play. Because, again, in those games that we see on New Year's Eve or December 28th or January 1, you're going almost four or five weeks without a game. And then, sure, the team that's number one or number two is going to have the decisive edge. Teams 5 through 12 now will not have that long four- to five-week break. They'll have a game under their belt, and then they'll face the team that has the long break. And it kind of maybe evens the gap a little bit. Maybe. Look, you're still going to probably have the Bamas, the Georgias still rise to the top. It happens in men's basketball. Kansas rose to the top. North Carolina, a blue blood brand. They were in the national title game. But having the chance for something special. Imagine if BYU could just go out on the recruiting trail and say, they went to the college football playoff. We went to the college football playoff two years ago. We can do it, again, with you if you join our program. Like, it's just a nice recruiting pitch to have on the trail, and it redistributes the recruiting talent throughout the country. You don't need to go to the SEC or the Big Ten to play for a national title. You can stay at BYU. You can go in the Big 12. You can go to the Pac-12. This is massive for college football. And any of these people that feel like the four-team playoff should have stayed are just dumb. I'm sorry, but like that is just a terrible, horrendous take. Imagine now college football conference championship games. To me, that's been the worst week in college football. The worst week. Like, What do any of those games mean? Nothing. Now, every conference championship game matters. It means something in the picture of the college football playoff. Even the group of five ones, they will matter. People are going to care. It's incredible. And for the group of five, when you have six conference champions earning automatic bids, it basically ensures you're going to get uh, you're, you're going to get a group of five team. That's awesome. You know, I was okay with the idea of, hey, Power 5 breaking off, but I still respect the whole ecosystem of college football. I want the group of five to matter in this sport. I think it's just great. I think it's an amazing system. And so what if SEC has four or five teams or Big Ten has three or four teams? I don't care. As long as there's one or two Big 12 teams, fine with me. The the conference champ is going to have access and that's amazing. And I think the the drawback, of course, is the secondary bowls. You know, what's going to be the point of those? There, there probably won't be any point. There, there, there's no point to them now. I mean, that Independence Bowl, BYU versus UAB, what did that mean? Nothing. But it was a game. And a, a chance to cap off your season with a win and give some extra reps to some guys. If players want to opt out, that's fine. Give it. Let it be an audition for the following season. I, I see no issues with this 12-team playoff. I think it's incredible. I, I think it's amazing, and it's still going to be challenging to get in that thing. And the race to be in that top 12 is going to just be absolutely amazing. 
I cannot wait. I am so ready for that as a college football fan. Uh, I just think that is going to do a world of good for the sport. And it has a massive impact on realignment. Huge impact on realignment. If you're the Pac-12, why do you want to expand? And if you're Washington, if you're Oregon, if you're Arizona, you're Arizona State, you're Utah, why go to the Big 12 now? And if you're the Big 12, why expand past 12? Why go to 14? Why go to 16? Stand pat. Stay at 12. BYU might have one of the best setups in college football, honestly, because it's a league that's balanced. You could be in the bottom, but you could also win it too. Like BYU could be a team that wins the Big 12 within, you know, five years. They could do it. And if they went to the SEC or they went to the Big 10, they're never winning that thing. But they could win the Big 12. And if you win the Big 12, you're going to be in the playoff. Same with the Pac-10. Washington and Oregon, yeah, you'll make a ton more money in the Big 10. And you're probably still going to want that, I bet. But the Pac-10, you win that thing, you're in the playoff. I think realignment can be brought to a little bit of a halt. Because what's the incentive to move now? Same with the group of five. If you're Boise State, yeah, you probably want to be in the Pac-10. Yeah, you probably want to be in the Big 12. But Mount West ain't bad now. You could still maybe have a path. I think it's just that, that to me is huge for college football. Because that, that a couple weeks ago, it felt like we were trending towards a direction of SEC versus Big Ten. And I think that's why there was such a strong push finally from these conference commissioners who had this proposal 15 months ago to finally come to their senses and realize, you know what? We need to simmer things down. Our boosters, our alumni, they're losing interest in college football. They're losing interest. Yes, we're gaining more of the casual people who love to gamble on anything. But you're losing the fabric, the core fan that has lived and died by these teams, their their, their alma mater forever. You're losing some of those people. This can bring people back because then every game is going to matter and every team, regardless of whether you're little old Washington State or you're Alabama or you're BYU or you're Utah, you can look your team in the eye and say, you got a potential path to playing for it all. And that is just a remarkable thing. Think about BYU. BYU has a national championship under its belt. But going into that 84 season, no one, not even probably Lavelle, I think the players, you know, they talked about it. They say it now, but did they really believe it? Did anyone believe that BYU could legitimately win a national title? No. No one did. And that was a poll system back then. Then the alliance happened, and then the BCS happened. I mean, think about 2001. BYU's 12-0. They go to the islands of Hawaii. Told before the game, you're not going to the BCS. Doesn't matter what you do against Hawaii, you're not going to a BCS game. Didn't matter. Everything you did, like you, you cannot get into the higher, the, the upper crust of the sport. You could never crack into it. Never get in. College football playoff. 2020, they're doing anything and everything to play any game possible in COVID. Hey, Bama, you want to play? Sure, we'll play. Uh, Now we're going conference only. Texas A&M, you want to play? Oh, we're going conference only too.
They wouldn't get respect them. They'd always knock them because strength schedule. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's just unreal. And now it's take care of your business. It's not about style points. It's win your league. And you're going to be probably be in. That is incredible for BYU. The chain of events, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. BYU fans should just thank the high heavens above that Texas has so much greed that that happened when it did. Because now BYU set up. Now BYU is in a league where you you win and you're in. And, and that's quite the turn of events from where things have been. Because if they were navigating this system as an independent, I'd be very worried for BYU. They would never have any access. Now, they've got all the access in the world. And that's just truly remarkable to see how the turn of events has happened. Because finally, college football is starting to realize a little bit that the global fabric of the sport, not just their league, not just their conference flag, the whole entire system of college football matters. And we need a healthy college football to thrive. Because if college football is not in a good place, SEC football doesn't slap the same way. Big Ten football doesn't slap the same way. It's a great day for college football. Massive. I mean, it's probably the best news I've heard in college football in years. I mean, probably my lifetime. I mean, that is just remarkable. I I remember reading as kind of a teenager, Death to the BCS, and I love that book from Dan Wetzel, and I would love to talk with him about that. I mean, I I need to reach out to him somehow, some way, because I've always just thought he laid out this idea, the 12-team playoff back in the day. It was almost to the T, death to the BCS, how he laid it out, and all the money that's going to come from this. Like These folks have been turning away money. These greedy jerks, they've been turning away money for what? It's it's a great day, and I think it's going to improve recruiting, and it's going to improve a lot of things. It's, It's now... Kalani can look at recruits in the eye and say, let's go play for a playoff. Let's go play for a national championship. You can throw that around now. Like now when players say it, it's like, eh. like you dream big, sure. But really, you're, gonna, you're not going to probably play for the playoff. You're going to probably be in the Hawaii Bowl. That's a great thing for BYU as they move forward into this new 12-team playoff era, which begins in 2026. Hopefully it can begin in 2024, but at least 2026. That's going to do it for this episode of the Cougar Tracks podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show a ton. I will be back tomorrow with an episode with Tyler Batty, BYU defensive lineman, here on the Cougar Tracks podcast. And it's always powered by kslsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.